Welcome to the podcast! Yeah, it's Beck and Jazeel here, and this is some of the best bits of our show in the last 24 hours. It'll make your wildest dreams come true. Well, it's definitely some bits of the show from the last 24 hours, but we really hope you enjoy it. We're on 98.5. This is Weekdays with Mike, and a very good morning and welcome to the studio. Amelia, good morning. Good morning to you too, Mike. It's nice to have you in. Now, you are a qualified vet. That's correct. Thank you. Amazing. Looking forward to having a chat to you this morning. Me too, me too. Uh, How long have you been a vet? Oh, this is my fourth year practicing as a small animal vet. Okay, so small animals only? Yes. Well, um, there are migrant of um, species I get to work with, such as like cows and alpacas before when I was working in Hobart. Really? Alpacas? Yes, alpacas. And even one snake before as well. Really? Um, But yeah, this is the true joy of working in Hobart is that it's classified rural in Australia, so I get to work with a lot of species over there. Now you're back in Perth with family, which is good. That is correct. My mum misses me every day. She Aww. wants me to come back. <laughs> and here you are back in Perth. Hey, look, it's good to have you in today. We, uh, we thought we'd get you in to have a chat. Very interesting story that popped up. I'm not quite sure whether you've seen this, but in Australia, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire off my first question for Fantastic. you. Fantastic, go for it. Now, an Australian beachgoer is uh, lucky to be alive after she filmed herself cradling one of the nation's deadliest animals in her hands. She shared footage on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? I'm not, actually. Oh, I thought, thought you might. Neither am I. I'm still working out what TikTok is. But anyway, <laughs> of her holding an octopus in her left hand. But it wasn't just an ordinary eight-legged sea creature. Instead, she uh, picked up a blue-ringed octopus. Um, how dangerous was that? That's very deadly. In fact, they can kill 26 humans within minutes. What? Just that little J- thing. Just one. Yeah, just one octopus, and they weigh about, let's say, 50 grams, but they can kill, like, humans like us, too, within minutes. That's insane. Well, would it be, would that be fairly common? Like, people, would, do you think people would just pick pick that up, really not understanding how dangerous they are? Absolutely. Like, and plus, it's Australia we're talking about. So, everywhere yeah. we go, uh, there's going to be venomous uh, creatures around. <laughs> Indeed. Now, you've been, um, you've been a vet for four years, qualified vet. What's one of the what's one of the weird? You were just sharing a couple of uh, unusual <laughs> stories off air before we spoke. Uh, what was the uh, what was that weird one about with the echidna? Can oh. you can you just update me on that one? Absolutely. So I was working first year out in Hobart, and I was working in a vet center called New Norfolk Vet mm-hmm. Center. Um, so that is a place where it's a bit um, out there in the valley. Um, and this one client, she drove her car up onto our driveway, mm-hmm. and she said. I have an echidna in the car. And then we're like, oh, okay, that's fantastic. And <laughs> what's the problem with that? Yeah. And, <laughs> and she mentioned that, like, oh, she just drove down this highway and then found this injured echidna with an injured beak on the side of the road. So she picked it up, put it in a Woolies bag, yeah. and then uh, and then chuck and then come here. Um, but the funniest thing is that once my nurse, Sarah, and I got out, in to, out there and got into her car, we could not find a echidna. <gasps> And then escaped. we found, yes, we escaped. And we found out that the echidna actually hid behind the glove box of the passenger seat. Oh, no. Yes. We were like, oh, no. How are we going to get this echidna out? Um, and so we were uh, thinking, so my my nurse, Sarah and I, mm. were on our, like the ground. We were having the backs onto the 
the literally the the car and they're having these big leather gloves because echidnas they have spikes they like yeah. my hands will be injured if I don't wear gloves wow um so then we were trying to grab its back legs but every time we try to grab the legs it just Borrowed in, borrowed further. in into further into the glove box. And the number one thing that uh, our university lecturers have taught us when they talk about um, handling echidnas is that you have to put them in a bucket. You can't put them in the bag because they will just climb it out oh, and then right. hide somewhere. Even just a concrete ground, you will hardly, like, you, you, you'll find it very tough to pick it up. Um, but yeah. So did you have to take? Did you have to dismantle the glove box to get to get the echidna out? In fact, yes. We <laughs> thank the Lord that um, Sarah's husband is actually a mechanic. So we, That's after handy. fretting for a good 20, 30 minutes, uh, we had to call the mechanic in, um, dismantle the glove box of the passenger seat, and then try to get it. So after one hour, we successfully cut the echidna out, um, and I had to jab it with ketamine and then my second thought is if we can't get this echidna out I probably have to fill the the whole car out with isoflurane which is anesthetic gas to get this echidna out yeah it's pretty insane but that's what makes my job so fun (laughs) so but good story at the end echidna all all okay yes echidna all okay Okay. and it was a four kilo echidna it was huge is that is that bigger than normal is that Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we, I thought it was going to be only 500 to one kilo of yeah. the kidna, but once he got it out, wow, this bad boy is huge. Wow. <laughs> Must have been eating well, that echidna. Yes. Amelia, uh, you've been a vet, vet, a vet for four years. <laughs> yes, I have. What's the biggest, what's the most common issue that people bring into you with their pets? Ooh, Dogs, uh, cats, or what is that? What, what's the issue generally? Hmm, I would say dental issues. Absolutely. What? Teeth. Right. Let's talk about teeth. Really? Mm. What, cats, dogs, or what? Oh, both. Um, So mostly dogs that I see with really bad uh, teeth, and especially for certain breeds that are predisposed to it, like um, Chihuahuas, the Pomeranians, the Maltese Shih Tzus, and also the Greyhounds as well. Um, And did you know that you have to brush your dog's teeth every day or every second day to be okay? No. Are you yeah. are you having me on? Are you having a bit of a laugh today? Oh, no. Some of my patients, what? they even have Star Wars electric toothbrush. No. They do. Hang on. <laughs> so you're, you you should be brushing your dog's teeth yes. daily. Yes. Some of my grandkids wouldn't even brush their own teeth daily. <laughs> but that's another story. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. How would you, how would you, know, if, how would you know if your dog's got a problem with their teeth? Oh, um, I think when you when they come and lick your face, if you feel that smith of oh man, that breath can't French Ugh. kiss nobody, oh, then no. you know for sure your dog's got a dental disease going on there. So you can normally smell it. Oh yes, you can smell it, and you can also see it as well if you just pry open and see the gum line and see the back of the teeth. If you see that the gums are red and also lots of tartar, like green and grey, I've seen. Lots of different colors of tartar um, throughout my practice, um, and they're actually very satisfying for me to chip it off once they've gone under Ooh. anesthetic for it. <laughs> wow! So, so teeth problems with dogs and cats. <laughs> Do you have to ever remove? Oh yes, the dogs. So yeah. 
Mm. Just yesterday, I've extracted a few teeth already from a uh, Jack Russell, uh, the obese uh, Jack Russell, of course. Um, so that one there, uh, it was actually pretty disgusting because it's got so much hair and even a grass seed that was enlarged into the gum line. And um, obviously, the owners didn't know because it's really far back. Yeah. And only us that we can assess when the dog is fully anesthetized for the procedure. Um, so yeah, I had to take the teeth out because it was just causing so much redness and bleeding and really bad gum disease there. Wow. Is that a long process? Like to actually extract those those teeth from that from yeah. that Jack Russell? Um some yesterday it wasn't that bad because uh, the teeth was literally like waving at me. It was so so mobile that it just whip five minutes and it's out. Um but the, wow. I still remember one I had to take out a greyhound's big wolf teeth at the front yeah. and it took me one hour. Just one to... hour. Because it was in there that 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 tight. Yeah. Was... So um, the canine teeth itself, what we call the canine teeth, it's uh, the layman's term is to call the wolf teeth yeah. at the very front, and they're about a good like uh, half your finger's length. It's pretty wow. insane. Yeah. It's quite long. Yeah. So do you? So you do that as part of what you would do as being a vet? It's it, is it. Is there vets that specialise oh, in, in, in just just teeth? What is that? Absolutely. Look? So there are a few certain specialists that are specialising in dentistry in Australia. Uh, they're literally what we call the veterinary dentist specialists. Um, and they do uh, things that I don't know about. Uh, yeah. Where I think one of the cases where is that if there is a missing root that have just gone up onto the nostril, mm. then there are there to be our superheroes and save that patient. Because uh, for us general practitioners, we do make mistakes uh, during yeah. those kind of things. So, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I'm learning a bit today about yeah. this. So there's vets that actually specialize in dentistry. Yes. And there are vets that specialize in acupuncture, no. in dermatology. Hang in... on a minute. Hang yes. on a minute. Acupuncture. Yes. Are, you, are you serious? Oh, no, no, absolutely. Acupuncture uh, for your dog. Yeah, acupuncture, because some uh, owners mm -hmm. do prefer to have the natural pathway yeah. to treat their dogs, such as... I get that. Yeah. yeah, like spinal pain or back pain. So they actually go to see a veterinary, like naturopath wow. or acupuncturist, which uh, I know of one friend that does it called Dr. Neil Lowe, mm. um, and he has his own like holistic business on it. I'm learning a lot today, Miriam. Yeah, for sure. I'm learning that they're, they're actually vets that specialize in dentist work. Yes, they are. Now, do you reckon they, how much how much would a would a, a normal dentist know compared to is there some overlap in some of the principles or is it completely different? I but looking at a normal dentist compared to a someone that specializes in being a vet. I think um there are definitely big sort of principles and mm -hmm. disciplines that we have not taught about unless if we go to specialization school. Okay. But I think for them with the specialist side of things, they can definitely extract like a lion's teeth that I wouldn't be able to do. Oh, so, a yeah. lion's tooth. Yeah. And then there are some that actually Whoa. do like crown replacement and all that stuff. It's it's pretty crazy, full on. Eat <laughs> crowns for pets. Yes. Uh, I don't do them, uh, unfortunately. But it's a thing that people do. Oh, yes. I'm sure that like, um, especially people that live in like Middle East, like in Dubai, where the clients actually, they have pet tigers um, mm. and they would do anything 
for those tigers and baby monkeys as well. So wow, yeah, <laughs> that is incredible. Um, how and do you get a lot of questions about diet? Like, I Absolutely. mean, diet for I guess thinking about your average, you know, average home a pet like dog or cat. Mm. How important is that? Oh, I think the saying goes, "You are what you eat." Same thing. Same, same for your pets as well. Same thing. Yeah. Absolute same thing. I not to mention any brands, mm, sure. um, but we. I've definitely seen pets with really good fur coat, like hair coat that you just want to rub, and their hair is like better than Jennifer Aniston's hair <laughs> sort of level. Um, <laughs> so, so can you? So you can tell. So if someone comes in yeah. and you're looking at the 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 coat, you you can tell that's an indication for you that their diet's pretty good. Yes, generally. Generally, very good. Mm. Um, and also that, like, it's just insane. Sometime, right, their hair just, uh, if I take a photo of it, you yeah. wouldn't even think that it's animal's hair. You would think it's some human's hair it's because of how glossy it looks. And then also the light just bounces straight off. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good, actually. So you are what you eat. Very, very true. Is there a, a balance between how much thinking about, like, even preparation for your pet like how much food you actually because a lot of people would would cook and prepare versus anything that you could buy off the rack already pre-packaged good and bad in both I guess mm. like, there are some um, some owners that generally do want to have those home cooked meals yeah um, and because of that their pets are actually very spoiled and once uh-huh. they see like a pouch or wet food with dry cables, they're like, nah, man, I'm better than they that. They know. They're yes. actually quite they smart. Know. They can actually play my owners. They really can. Um, some of my pets, man, they're, 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 they're jokes sometimes, but they're just so hilarious. I've actually had one client that told me, that asked me, Amelia, is it okay if they eat salmon every day? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why? Why? Why is that? And he said, "Oh, because well, I buy salmon to eat every day because I'm a bodybuilder. So I ah. thought, why not get my dogs on salmon every day?" And my thought was, "Man, this dog eats better than me." Wow, salmon. <laughs> yes, salmon every that day. That is amazing, mind you. That would be quite an expensive exercise if you're uh, buying salmon. I've been learning a lot today. Thank you. About Good your role as a vet and the things that you're dealing with, echidnas that get stuck in glove boxes and all <laughs> sorts of things. I'm sure that's just one of some really, really unusual stories you could share, right? Oh, fantastic. I have a list of it, but I'll share that in the future. <laughs> okay. Hold that thought. Just to finish off today, Amelia, and thanks mm. for coming in. Thank can you for uh, me. This week I spoke to our finance guy that comes in regularly, Elson, and we got talking about insurance mm. uh, this week. I'm keen to ask you, we see a lot about pet insurance. What are your thoughts on pet insurance? Absolutely game changer and we should get it. Really? If you have a pet at home, please do get pet insurance because it can save a lot of hustle in the future because you never know what will happen. Accidents do happen at Mm. home and then when you accidentally sort of hit you in the face with like this much of a bill, uh, it it can be very pressuring on you. especially so um, definitely having pet insurance can let you sleep well at night Mm. so I I don't know what you you probably would obviously see this but the Mm. looking at the the amount of I guess the rough percentage of people that you see that that would have pet insurance compared to those that don't what would Mm. would that look like roughly oh okay good question I think I will only say 30 to 40 percent of owners have Mm. pet insurance Okay, mm. it's pretty um, it's pretty low, and I wish that for it to be 
increase and improve yeah. in the future as well. Like you said, you never know. Exactly. You never know what the future holds. Especially if you need a tooth extraction, right? Which, <laughs> which we, or, or maybe some acupuncture. Yes, absolutely. And just getting just getting back to that before we finish off today, you mentioned about the, the tooth extractions with, uh, with a, um, was it the Jack Russell? Yes. Can you tell, like, is there any indication to tell if your pet is in pain? Like if, they've, if they're suffering some sort of pain? Absolutely. Particularly with thinking about teeth? Absolutely. So things such as drooling a lot, but the, to the point where they don't want to swallow as much. And two is if they reach towards the food bowl, they really want to eat the food, but they look at it and they go, nah, not today. And they slowly back away. Or they'll put the kibbles, the biscuits into their mouth for a very long period of time, or they'll just chew on one side or the other, or they will just like to lap out the wet food. Um, so there's right. a lot of signs that owners can say and can tell if your pets have dental disease. Absolutely. So there are some signs that people look out for. Yes, I mm. mean, because the joy of having a pet is that they don't, they can't speak human language, mm. so we have to work through their body language. Mm. <laughs> and you cover all small animals, right? That's correct. Anything from uh, from fish to y- you name it and in between. <laughs> yes, lizards, birds, tons and tons of birds. Um, really? And dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits. I love my job. Wow. Do people come and um, use, uh, would use their local vet potentially as a rescue place if they've found a, a pet or a bird particularly? Like, not knowing, is that often, do you often see that? Yes. Like, um, so if they have like a little fledgling or like a little bird that fell down the tree, yeah. um, they'll normally put it in a shoebox yeah. um, and then deliver it to our doorsteps and then we will take care of it. As in, uh, we'll give it some uh, fluids underneath the skin to keep it hydrated mm. and then we will send these birds or wildlife off to a, a wildlife rehabilitation center like mm. Kenyana and Native Ark. Um, so because they are they're specialized in what they do and they know what's best for each wildlife. I think the most beautiful wildlife I've ever received would be a bat. A micro bat. That a was, bat? Yes, a bat. Whoa. Yeah, it was very cool. That was in Hobart and also one time in Alice Springs as well. Wow. Mm. But was that what are they like to handle? Oh, they're very small because hmm. the one that I've got is called Microbat. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I actually cannot handle it uh, because I need to have a certain vaccine towards it first. Um, um, and then I'm able to safely handle it. But the one number one thing is to see if there's any holes in their wings. Uh, if there's none, then we can send it off to a rehab center straight away. Wow, you've handled them all. That's you name it. Uh, Amelia, we are out of time. Really appreciate you coming in today. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Absolute pleasure. My guest in the studio today has been Amelia Alvet. You are on 98.5. Good morning. What a hoot that was. That was. I'm tired just from listening to it. Oh, I'm energised. Yeah. If you want more from The Drive Show, just visit 98.5.com. And don't forget, you can tune in live anytime for more of this great banter. 